I'm Josh. And I'm Gabriel. And today on Reading the Gospel, we are studying the appointment of the 12 disciples. Uh, this is found in the book of Mark, chapter 3, verse 7, all the way down to verse 19. Jesus withdrew with his disciples to the sea, and a great crowd followed from Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem and Idumea and from beyond the Jordan and from around Tyre and Sidon. When the great crowd heard all that he was doing, they came to him. And he told his disciples to have a boat ready for him because of the crowd, lest they crush him. For he had healed many, so that all who had diseases pressed around him to touch him. And whenever the unclean spirits saw him, they fell down before him and cried out, You are the Son of God. And he strictly ordered them not to make him known. And he went up on the mountain, and he called to him those who he himself wanted. And they came to him. Then he appointed twelve, that they might be with him, and he might send them out to preach, and to have power to heal sickness and to cast out demons. Simon, to whom he gave the name Peter, James the son of Zebedee, and John the brother of James, Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James the son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon the Canaanite, and Judas Iscariot, who also betrayed him, and they went into a house. In our reading today, we have two events um, that have some similarity and some connection together. The first is Jesus' popularity. Um, he's grown in popularity. He ha he's had to leave regions in the past because um, he wasn't able to fulfill his ministry on earth, people were crowding him too much. And it seems like this is now happening everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, For some reason, his fame as a healer trumped his mission that he came to preach the gospel, the good news about who God is, mm -hmm. and to reveal his character. And for this reason, people came from all over. It's, um, you know, the many places from Middle East all the way from Tyre and Sidon uh, all the way to the kingdom of Jordan today east of the river and uh, they really wanted to touch him mm -hmm. so Jesus Christ went a little bit away from from them so he can speak to them it, it makes me think of today what are the events what are the places that people crowd to you know mm. why do people go places and gather in large crowds and I think, you know, the first thing we think is sporting events or um, concerts. Um, Gyms. Yeah. Shopping malls. Yeah. But but why do we go crowd? Are we crowding into churches to hear the word of God? Are we mm. crowding in around other other people to, to hear someone who God's touching? Um, this was unique. You know, because back then it wasn't that it was different back then and people were more religious. They had circuses. They had, you know, all the enter entertainment, similar entertainment as we have. There is something in our human nature that we uh, tend to focus on our immediate needs. Mm -hmm. 
and we tend to neglect the long-term or even eternal needs. And Jesus Christ came with a long perspective, the full picture of life. And uh, Jesus Christ tried to preach that, uh, that gospel, but people are looking for having their immediate needs met. So the idea is how do we change the focus? What did Jesus do and what can we learn from him? And so what we see is Jesus, out of the, his followers, because uh, there were more than 12 followers of Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, out of all his followers, he's selecting 12, uh, we call them the disciples of Jesus, uh, 12 apostles. Why, why is he choosing these people? Because he wanted to multiply himself. So instead of being one preacher, and one person casting out demons, now he'll he'll be himself plus another 12. Mm -hmm. So another reason is that after training them and sending them as apostles or sent ones, that is the meaning of the Greek word, Jesus Christ looked at these multitudes and he thought, after I go back to my father, who is going to lead this multitude? Mm-hmm. So I've seen a dual purpose in Jesus calling 12 disciples to multiply his ministry right away and to train leaders for the kingdom of God after he will go back to to heaven. Yeah. You know, a, a lot of times when, when we're popular, we want it to be about us. Mm. Um, but Jesus here is pointing to other people, moving, you know, spreading out with other people. And we're so much more effective when it's not about us, when we are a team uh, working together. The greatest evangelist, someone who wins people, is the every single Christian, every single follower of Jesus. It's not one person uh, who, you know, we think of Billy Graham as a wonderful evangelist or HMS Richards or all these other people, but it is everyone um, working together. Mm-hmm. And, and Jesus knows this and he's starting to share this. So, i like to emphasize one point that is not um, in this gospel, but in another gospel that says, Jesus Christ prayed the whole night before choosing the twelve. Uh, and this is very similar to the other event in Capernaum when after a full day of um, uh, healing, in the morning in the synagogue at noon of Simon's home, in the evening the whole town came to Jesus Christ, and he went early in the morning to spend time with his father. And as a result of that communication, he decided to move on to go to other cities to preach the gospel because for that reason he Mm -hmm. came out. And here we see uh, Jesus Christ spending time with his father and as as a result he decided to multiply himself by choosing and training the twelve. So what does this tell us about Jesus, about God? What is this story? It seems that his ministry follows a master plan Mm-hmm. And I like uh, one of the books that opened up my mind with the title Master Plan of Evangelism, yeah. who uh, demonstrated uh, that whatever Jesus Christ did was really 
part of a blueprint of a master plan. So I like to see Jesus Christ being like one of those army generals, mm -hmm. uh, having a very clear plan, looking for opportunities, always moving forward, having a very clear goal. Yeah, and I, I think, um, again, as I touched on, God is not a God out there desiring and requiring fame. Mm -hmm. You know, it's he's he's a God that does, that requires worship, but this this fame, this uh, everything, you know, the crowds coming, uh, it, it's not the priority. Mm -hmm. The priority is relationship with the individual. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, something else that we know about Jesus Christ is found in the diversity of the disciples that he called. Mm -hmm. Some people have with, have been with Jesus Christ from the beginning, like, um, you know, Simon Peter and his brother Andrew, uh, James and John, they were called by the sea in, in Galilee. And even uh, Philip and Bartholomew, uh, Matthew was called before this time, but there are some new names like uh, Thomas mm -hmm. and the second James, the son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus and Simon the Zealot and Judah Iscariot. The last uh, names come from some or have some questionable connections, right? Uh, the Zealots, they were like uh, nationalist movements. Uh, I, I would say they were like domestic terrorists. Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. You know, they uh, they were like, known for carrying knives under their, their cloaks to, to, to attack the Romans when mm -hmm. there was opportunity. So Jesus Christ calls one of them. Mm -hmm. And after that, you see the name of Judas who betrayed him. You cannot say that Jesus Christ did not know the future of every of these disciples because we know that Jesus Christ knew some of the disciples when he called them, right? And Jesus Christ uh, calls them anyway. Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ does not call perfect people. Yeah. He calls sinners or human beings bent to sin, and his power can transform them into uh, future leaders of the kingdom. So how does this speak to us today? Um, for me, as I, I look at this, I see uh, that, that call that, you know, Jesus knew he was not gonna be in person physical form on this earth forever. And mm -hmm. so he begins training um, the replacement, the, mm -hmm. the face of the church on the earth. Um, and I, I think that's the question that I have is, who am I training mm -hmm. for the next generation? Who is going to take on the next, the, the role the next time? And it's my job to make disciples that will continue the work. Yeah, and this passage also spoke to me on the same line of thoughts that uh, Jesus calls everyone and I'm more willing to follow Jesus Christ knowing that he is not looking for a perfect type mm -hmm. of disciples. He is looking for someone who is willing to follow him, someone who is willing to be changed, to be transformed. Yeah, so what are we gonna do about it? And, you know, how can we share this with other people? 
for me, uh, I, I think, what am I going to do about it? I am going to intentionally bring people into my life mm-hmm. that I can be in a mentor relationship. You know, I have a mentor myself that mentors me and helps disciple me. Um, but likewise, I can I can work with other people, uh, and that's the sharing, sharing with them their need to come to God and be a disciple so they can share with someone else. So following the pattern of Jesus Christ, uh, embracing his master plan and of multiplication, mm-hmm. and also um, what I'm going to do about it is really invite everyone and let the power of God transform them. Yeah, let us pray. Father God, it is our greatest desire to be face-to-face with you. And Father, when we're face-to-face with you, to look around and to see our neighbors and our friends and um, those who we work with and those who we meet because they have had that encounter and they desire that relationship as well. Father, I pray that you will help us to become your disciples and you will use us in developing and creating other disciples. May we realize that we don't, do not need to be perfect before we begin this work. But Father, may we not be comfortable with living in an imperfect state. May we continually seek to be better people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.